Good morning. So this class is appropriately timed. It's about how do you teach Musa to a Baal Tshuva or to a pre-Baal Tshuva. And it's well timed because it's Elul. It's a time of year when we dust off the shelves and we find our Shari Tshuva. And uh, we look at it and we pretend to be from for a month or so until Baruch Hashem, Yom Kippur passes and we can go back to normal. So it's a great, great timing about Musa. What is Musa? How do you teach Musa to Baal Tshuva? Is it a good thing to do? Is it a bad thing to do? What's it all about? So let, let's begin with a, probably a, a shared premise. Those of you who've had experience in yeshivas, and um, when I ask you the question, and I say to you, well, you know, let's talk about how we should teach Musa to a guy who's becoming from or person who's not yet from, you'll probably say, like, well, why would you want to do that to him? Be <laughs> shlema, we can suffer because, you know, we bought into it. We have no way out. But this poor guy, I mean, why would you, why would you like, lambaste him with a shari tshuva, hit him over the head with the missus to show him if the guy's done nothing wrong? Poor guy. No. You guys have got a better attitude to Musa, yes. The person who's coming back knows that he's not on the right way. Oh, he does. Okay, good. It, it, it's a good point. Let, let's begin with, with, I think, a few things. Two points I want to discuss. There's two groups that you're going to be theoretically teaching Musa to. The one group of people who've got no commitment, no desire intrinsically to keep mitzvahs, they're completely unaffiliated. So one group of people they want to teach Musa are people who are mamish flyers latkes. Group one. Okay? Group number two, group number two is a group of people that have already become part of the system. They've been inspired by your awesome Shirim. They've gone through your Maimonides programs and your Israel's trips and now all they want to do is learn more about Torah Mitzvahs. That's the second group teaching them Musa. So in other words, there's two different things and one of the most important things when you're teaching is know your audience. If you say the wrong message to the right audience, it's as bad as saying the right message to the wrong audience. So you have to know your audience because each audience will require a completely different approach. If you're speaking to a guy that's Bichlal, not in the parish of Torah Mitzvahs, your approach to what you're trying to teach him about Musa should be radically different from a person that's already committed. You get that chiluk. Amazing sharpness on this Friday morning in the beginning of his mind. I'm astonished. So let's, let's begin with, with a basic set of differentiations between the person who's from and the person not from and the tail is to the person who's not from and the tail is to the person who is from. Knowing your audience means as follows. If I would come up to here and teach you a Geshmaka share about late Renaissance art, um, I think there'd be people who'd be more glazy-eyed than they're already in the room. As it is, we're hitting about, I'd say, like 40% of people are going like... <laughs> I reckon with a sheer on late Renaissance art, focusing particularly on like uh, um, small basilicas in Florence, so I imagine that even more of you would be disengaged. Agreed? Yeah. Why? Because you have no interest in learning about that topic. What makes you interested in learning about a topic? It's relevant. What makes it relevant? It applies to me. So now you have a guy, he's walking in, he's just come from a, a or he's just going to a campus, he's already got his like, fat stash of weed in his packet, he's got his whole drink, and now you say to him, okay, not going to go well. It's not going to go well because like, he's thinking about how he's going to like, like, strategically plan his party, like when he's going to take what narcotic substance and approach which young lady with what kind of pickup line. So like, you're trying to talk about the, you know, the Adinus HaNefesh and the, the Atzilus HaRuach. Not going to go. Do, do, you get, do you hear that? That's relatively clear? That's good? So now, I experience people have that on weed. Like, 
like he's speaking to the wall. The guy's not here. You have to go into the weed head and you go into the hard uh, job. You have to uh, Okay, so I think maybe we'll rename the share as How to Teach Muslims to People Who Are Potheads. <laughs> so, hey man, like. Let's like, like, kind of like, yeah, let's look at this, let's look at this book, hey? Whoa, whoa, it's a book, hey, whoa. Like, it's been like 10 minutes just going, whoa, book, whoa, writing, writing on book. And then the the guy said, whoa, that was an amazing lesson I've ever had. Like, how did you, that was so deep, yeah, book, deep, whoa, whoa. So, okay, you're right. Even, even people who smoke dope, Everyone, um, th- there's there's tukufas, tukufas. Like if the guy is completely whacked out of his brain, so I agree with you, communication will be a little bit difficult. Okay, but let's talk about the the pre the pre joint person. Okay, but kids, how do you speak to a person? Why was why has Musa got any relevance to a stum? Call them millennials. I don't know if you've heard the phrase millennials. Millennials is a phrase refers roughly to people by through that between the ages of 18 and 34 that grew up in the millennial region of this time walk and there's been certain common characteristics which have been identified by these people and um, I've read quite a few articles and it's fascinating because there's a really different breed of human being. Uh, all of you are ba- though you are them, but because you've been kind of put into your from ghetto, you may have escaped some of the Chesreinus, um, there are, in terms of like studies, there are six things that millennials, and these are interesting, that millennials actually want. The first one is community, because think about it. The notion of formal community, formal religion, establishments, has pretty much been completely destroyed. Um, people aren't really going for old-style religion, old-style in the, in the larger world, old-style churches, old-style... They're into new-age kind of things. As a result, previously existing communities have disintegrated, so they feel a lack of community. How do I connect to other people? It's a basic human need to have a community. They're searching community. People are searching personal transformation, and there are a lot of different um, self-help books organizations, huge personal transformation, even things like as, as, as all the AAs and the NAs and the SAs and the, the, the DAs GAs FAs I'm just making it up um, <laughs> so there's personal transformation, big one social transformation is huge how many students, if you guys are my students how many students do you meet who have become vegetarian, not because they don't like meat, and not because they, don't, they think it's cruel to kill animals, but if there are lots of cows, there's lots of methane, and it's wrecking the ozone layer. So people aren't eating meat, not because they don't like the taste, not because they want to be mackbill on cashews, and not because, and not because they are, think it's inhumane. It's because of what's doing to the environment. Environmental thing is huge. It's huge. There's some geschmackerschaders which come up when you have people on a trip and they refuse to use chad parmi. They won't use disposable goods because it's bad for the environment. So they buy their own kalim. And then they use them for meat, milk, treif, kosher. And then they wash them up in your sink. And then you tell them you can't do that. And they say, why are you being coercive? So this Social transformation means that you want to change the way the world is. And people who are inconsiderate about environment, they are evil people. So if I see you using a chad me course, ha ha, devil. So there's like, a, you don't even realize the associations, like you have a drink and the person looks at you as if you're just like, I don't know, be Michal Shabbos. So then, the other thing is purpose finding. Because there's kind of been an erosion of values, people have no idea what they're living for. Um, creativity is a big thing. People have moved away from sheer financial pressures. People are living in a world where they want to be creative in their workplace. And finally, people actually want accountability. They want to know that the buck stops with them. So those are the six different values which have been identified now. The reason why I'm telling you these values is if you create a program which addresses these, so then essentially you'll probably be speaking to at least some of these values will be shared by most people. And if your pitch addresses those values, so then it will be relevant to them and it won't be completely irrelevant, yes. Are these specific millennials or they seem to be things that span every human 
I suppose it's specific to millennials because millennials are these things are, are let's say basic medias but the, the, in the modern context there needs to be solutions for these things which have now been like, removed from them if you're living in 14th century France so then you had a community because if you're grace and there was your, your, your church it said all those things were in place now nothing's in place so you're searching 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 so in other words the formal previous representation of these values have now dissolved so on the, on the contrary people are searching for ways of answering these needs and can you provide them because then it will be relevant to them are you all following that's one group of people so we have to figure out what is Musa um, and how can it relate to these things that's an interesting question. If you think about teaching Musa and it's relevant to them, so does it respond to any of these six categories? Um, that's one group of people that you want to teach Musa to. The second group of people you want to teach Musa to are people that actually have come into the fold. Your Baal Shiva, and now your Baal Shiva, he's, he's become from, and now you want to learn Musa with him. In fact, not only do you want to learn Musa with him, but he begs you to learn Musa because Baal Shiva, as we've discussed before, generally goes through a pay, uh, period of extreme inspiration and he wants to not only learn Musa he wants to learn Musa at least for six hours a day and then afterwards he wants to eat the Musa Sefer in order to internalize it so how do you teach how do you teach um, how do you teach Musa to that level of Baal Shiva and make it a productive experience as opposed to a disaster the premise of this whole shiva we now teach Musa to Brilliant. So, first of all, since I have absolute faith in no one's knowledge about what Musa is, how to learn it, and certainly not how to teach it, so really the purpose of Shiri is how to tell you what Musa is, then tell you how to learn it, then tell you how to teach it, and then hopefully you'll be able to help someone else. Go on. Why would you want to feed into Great. In other words, perfect question. If Musa is just like making people from her, and now you've got Balchimah that's coming from her, so you say, well, like, aren't you like adding fuel to the fire? That's based on the premise that you have about what Musa is. So first of all, we have to figure out what is Musa. Then we'll figure out how do I learn Musa. And then we'll figure out how do I teach Musa. Okay? Are the goals clear? Do we have buy-in from you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have to get into the American-style college things. You can't. And there's some level of grub grobkite in your communication that like doesn't go around. So you can't like say something in like an Adel fashion, okay guys, you're all on the same page because then they just like across you, yeah guys, you're ready for Musa! And they'll go, yeah, Musa! And you think, uh, I wonder how Ibi would have felt about that approach. <laughs> <laughs> Musa, yeah, Arizona, Musa! So, <laughs> great. Sometimes you like, get into such absurd, <laughs> absurd situations when you're dealing with people who are not from um, as an example, I was trying to, we're going to speak about later on something called the inner dialogue, which is a crucial component of Musa, where you get to feel out the two, the two sides of uh, a moral conflict inside of yourself to become self-aware of the, these two koichas inside. So like, I, <laughs> I ask someone to demonstrate this thing in teaching Muslims to people who are completely unaffiliated. So, um, Paul, I said, Paul, um, tell me about a struggle that you've been having recently. So he said, oh, I've got one. Okay. He said, you know, there's this girl he knows. Um, this, by the way, this is age-restricted. There's a... Um, hope you're all over 21. There's a, uh, there's a girl that he knows, and uh, she's got this, like, great great air-conditioned apartment in Tel Aviv. So he thought maybe like he'd spend the night with her. So he said, okay, great, that's the one side. And like, what, what's the other side? Hoping that he'll say, you know, like, it's not so moral, you know, like one night stands, not really kind of no interest in a relationship. Just, so the other side is, he's like, his friends want him to play volleyball on the beach. So like, which is better? <laughs> it's like, what do you do in that situation? Like, that's his moral conflict. Like, volleyball? Or like chorus. So, so like where, 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 where do you, do you understand? So it becomes quite great. Um, why is Musa? Why is Musa? Why is Musa? So there's a basic misperception. The basic misperception, the basic misperception I think is like, I, I don't know how it came about, but when we speak about Musa, we're going with the Messiah from Rabbi Israel and his Talmudim. And it seems to be that in many places the, the message, which I think is easy 
to get wrong has been gotten wrong. And Musa becomes a byword for Fromkart. When in fact Musa is the opposite of Fromkart. So when people imagine Musa, and they imagine, if I can borrow your shtender for one second, then thank you. And imagine Musa, and like you say, okay, well what would like uh, Elul, Elul, what would an Elul schmooze look like? So it looks something like this. Mashkeh comes up and speaks about Elul. It's like Eli is like suffering internal digestive problems. Hello! <laughs> like the cry of Elul. Hello! Sends, you know, like shivers down our spine. And he's, ay, bidafto tshuve, tshuve, bidafto tshuve. Hello! And what happens is you say, okay, that, that's amazing. Like, what is Chiva? What is Elo? Oh, I don't know. Just <laughs> do it. So there's an enormous lack of sophistication. There's enormous lack of sophistication in many people's approach to Musa. And basically it's a load of people and Sforim that all gang up on you. And they say, you're evil. And then you think, well, I'm not that evil. And they say, ha read more and you'll see how evil you are. So you read more and you say, well, I'm not that evil. And they say, ha you're just beginning. If you think you've seen Ganem, Wait. So it's, it's become many times a substitution for the, what the Christian Khalila equivalent is like the fire and brimstone preachers. That they come up and they tell everyone that they're going to burn. You're going to burn! And um, therefore people generally don't like learning Musa. <laughs> and that's why like Shari Chiva generally between Elul and Elul they get dusty because no one wants to take a Shari Chiva unless you've got the gun of Rosh Hashanah by your head saying, you better do Chiva otherwise I'm going to kill you this year. So then people get scared and they learn Musa until of course the gun goes away and they forget about it. The whole thing is ludicrous. Um, so that's a, that's, a very bad, that's a very bad misperception. Musa is actually not that Bechlau. The way Volby descri- describes Musa is that there's a field of study known as psychology. Psychology means the study of man. And Musa is what the, Torah, the Torah's version of psychology. Meaning like this. It's quite simple. We want to become better. So now let's say we want to fix up this broken machine called me. I know that I'm very broken. I know that. I'm actually not just saying that. I know that. I know that inside of me I have got such bad midas. I've got gunk which is like 10 feet down deep and it's smelling and it's stinking all inside of me. I know that. And I've got good stuff as well. So I've got this essentially, I'm be given the gift of a broken self. Great. So now I have to fix that broken self. Amazing. So now imagine if um, someone gives you a broken watch and they, uh, they say, listen, you know, you're a watchmaker and they say, we'd like you to fix out my broken watch. So you say, no problem. So you put the watch down the table and you go, mm, I really want to fix this watch. Oh, I'm going to fix this watch. And you open it up with like, Kavon Shlema. And then you start to really try, try hard to fix the watch. Um, but you really don't know what you're doing. But you really want to fix it. But you don't know how a watch works. You don't know what all the pieces are and how they fit together and where the mechanism begins and ends. But you really want to fix it. So you try really hard. And what will happen? You'll break it. You'll break it. So you've got yourself. And you're trying to fix it. And you don't know how it works. And you try really hard. The harder you try, the more damage you'll cause. That's it. So if you think that you can become better by wanting to become better and not understanding how this extremely complex machine called me works, and you think that just by good intentions and the nice fresh look, I bought the time, I will come and fix up everything. All you'll do is you'll literally, if you're really sincere, and that's the big one of the biggest problems by the children, who are really sincere, you will destroy yourself. And you see these korbanas of over-enthusiasm about change lying all over the yeshivas. Right? Because you can't fix a machine if you don't know how it works. So what is Musa? Musa allows us to know the working mechanisms of this machine called me. Once you understand how all the parts of the machine fit together, then you can analyze where the problems are and you know how to adjust them and fix them up and that's how you work towards the tikkun of the kilkul. Is that straight?
Yes? So therefore, the most basic and fundamental part of Musa is what? Human psychology is the overall description. Understand yourself. And that's why the first shar in Mesir Sharim is the shar of self-awareness. It's called Zahirus. Zahirus in English is called self-awareness. Until you understand your motivations, what's driving you, what's pushing you to make decisions, who you are as a person, where you stand on a range of midas, what kind of responses do you give, until you have the third party observant self looking in on your life and seeing what's going on, you cannot even begin the process because the process is fixing the broken machine if you don't know what the machine is you've never seen it you have no idea how it works how can you begin to fix it step number one what is Musa? Musa is the psychology of self through the eyes of the Torah which is way deeper and more profound than psychology psychology in a way is based on the premise this is an aside yes psychology is interesting we hold of psychology, and because we hold of psychology, we also koi from in Bechira. Isn't that interesting? We all hold of psychology. If someone would come to me and they say, listen, you know, uh, Siegel, I've got this problem. I've got this, like, uh, I've got compulsions. I'm a little bit OCD. I say, what do you do? He say, I put on filling and rebain your tongue, and then I put them on in both arms, and then, like, so that's a problem. And then afterwards, I wash my hands 16,000 times. That's classic... Yeah, not ill behavior, but OCD behavior. So what would I do? So I'd send them to a psychologist or to a psychiatrist. We believe in psychology. Psychology is based on the following thing. You don't have Bechira. Poshid, right? You got that? Why? Because how do you come up with a psychological theory? You do experiments. How do you experiments? You put people into a controlled situation, and you see, when this happens, they perform this way. And when you see the performance happening a number, number of times, so then you can develop a theory. Oh, so if I put this person in a situation, this is what he'll do. Meaning he has no Bechira. <laughs> so it's amazing how little Bechira we have. Stam, just an interesting insight. Are you all following me? You can choose not to. No, you can't. Because <laughs> you don't have Bechira. Go on. This Mahalaj, what was there? Yes. Um, I find that, that, that like the Ali Shore, like that generation of Muslim was, was that, but... Most of the sermon are talking about just general goals. Ah, I'm so glad you said that. What's your name? What's your name? Steinberg. Do you have a first name? No. Yoel. 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 Um, yes, in other words, you look at Mrs. Shreem and you say, yeah, Ravolbi, maybe you're Baruchim, for sure, you know, like Rav Hutna, they spoke about Koichas and Nefesh. Mrs. Shreem, you're speaking straight down the line, Musa, right? You're also being slightly uncomfortable now, being put on the spot. Mrs. Shreem, does Mrs. Shreem do what I'm saying? He, he does for one part, yes. No. 26 prokim, 26 prokim of how you work. And I'll show you. I'll show you. Should we begin? Let's begin. I've got I happen to have a good old path that just right here. Um, so let's begin. And when you when you be, yeah, go on. Why is that extreme? Why is that extreme? Being is brought in one post for hours, we'll call it a new age phrase because it will make people. I have taught people on from Derech Musalak Rebbe Israel. What's it called? It's called Musa meditation using a mantra. Massive. It's massive today. Right? Massive. Meaning, people are into meditation in a big way. Rabbi Yisrael, if you read Rabbi Itzler's description of Musa, and you go to modern forms of meditation, same thing. Mamash, the same thing. It's pure meditation. Rabbi Yisrael. Now, you're right. There's an akud in Rabbi Yisrael, which you can ask, maybe in this door, we have to have a different dogesh. Not a different cloud, a different dogesh. Rabbi Yisrael's dogesh was very much on Yerusha Oynish. He's, but when he says Yerusha Oynish, he's not trying to like scare you. He's trying to 
give over an idea of reality or of consequence or of accountability. He's discussing something else. We interpret it, Ah, here's all you scared, get him, run away. That's all he's doing. He's way, way, way more sophisticated than that. So it was a girl him. Okay? So we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about Mrs. Shrine. We'll begin with Mrs. Shrine. Good. Good? So let's open up Mrs. Shrine. It's very good. First page. You read the first three lines of Mrs. Shrine and you realize that something has gone desperately wrong. Desperately wrong. Because let's say I give you a... I'm, I'm teaching you a Mishnah. And the Mishnah says... Uh, Mishnah says something like... Um, some, something like... No. That's the only mission I know, Taka, Minyach. Is there another mission in the world? Uh, <laughs> the mission is something which is radically simple. It says, uh, it says, Chayav Adam Likreishma Shachis Vaharvis, which is the Beferish Apostle. Yeah, let's say. That's why it begins the Mosai. Good? It says, Chayav Adam Likreishma Shachis Vaharvis. What would the Gemara say to that Mishnah? Shita, correct? In other words, there's a value in Torah. There's a value in Torah which says something which is self-evident, something which is ob- obvious, if you tell it to me, you're an idiot. Agreed? Yes? Pshita, my komashmalon. Pshita, my komashmalon. So I read the Ramchal, and he begins his famous work, and he says like this, Hachibra there this book, this composition. I'm not writing this to teach you something you do not know. God will thank you very much. He opens up the book and he says, let me tell you something about my book. The entire book. I feel, I feel like I can't see anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, the whole the whole the whole book the whole book the safer from the beginning to I'm writing a book to teach you something not to teach you what you don't know I'm writing this book to teach you what you do know one second let's work on the logic <laughs> I'm writing the book to teach you what you do know but you know what you know hmm good kasha isn't it amazing? So you open Mrs. Shrine and you see this is a different book. This book belongs on a different shelf. This is a completely different genre. You can't put this book next to a, a book on Schmeitzer. Musa is a whole different world. So then why did you write it, Ramchal? You didn't write to teach me all you don't, what I don't know. No. You wrote to teach me what I do know. Yes. But I know what I know. <laughs> so what are you gaining? I know what I know. And that's why he's teaching it to me. So it comes on Ramchal and he says, I'm writing this book to teach you all the stuff you already know. But I already know it. Problem. Problem? Problem. Says Ramchal, Kilo Timsa Bedrave Dvayel Dvayim Shirev Neodam Yehidi Moisam. Ela, now look what he says. Ela, Shekafi Rav Pirsumam Ukeneged Ma'asham Itosam Glueila Koyal even though we all know them, even though we know them, knowing them makes no difference to our lives. Knowing them, we could have the greatest cloud. Is there someone in the room who doesn't know Vahavtarech Kamoicha? You know, have you heard the mitzvah? What do you mean have you heard the mitzvah? You're spending hours and hours in the Prite Pratim, correct? In the Prite Pratim, correct? So you know it. Not only do you know the mitzvah of Claudius, you know the mitzvah of Pratius. Okay, how many of you, when you walked in this room, looked around and said, okay, is there anyone in this room that needs something? Maybe, maybe someone that needs a chair, maybe I can get a watch from somewhere else, maybe I can give someone a pen. No? So in other words, we know lots and lots and lots of Kashmaka stuff. And what do we do? Nothing. Why? Because intellectual knowledge doesn't do anything for anyone. Intellectually, we all mamish like Aesov. I head in Maris Machpelah. Where's the rest of us? <laughs> like Aesov. There's no integration. Let me give you a marshal. Generally, when I say a marshal, I generally I would like to put in a king in the castle, but there's no reason to. You know, one always feels compelled. So I'll leave out the king who's in this castle, perched upon a hilltop. 
fashioned from those finest marble, shimmering in the evening sun. We won't talk about that. Or the forest next to it, gigantic oaks heaving in the wind. We'll completely about that part. And we'll go straight to the marshal. The marshal is there's a person who's a... Um, this is beautiful in the center of the town next to the castle, far away from the king. There's a beautiful an art museum. An art museum for many of you. You know what that means? Or art? Or bichlal? What your right brain is? But that's okay. And then there's a whole... It's like creativity? No? Okay. So then... Uh, <laughs> there's a thing called art. Okay, talk. There's something called art. Not the pictures that you have in your bedroom. That's, not, that's something else. So there's something called art. And there's an art museum, which has got a real painting with real artists who had real depth to them. And um, you, you want to go to the museum. And there's two people working in the museum. But there's a curator. The curator is an absolute expert. He knows everything. You can ask him about the paint. He goes to Rembrandt. Not only does he know when it was painted, not only has he studied the details of the composition, not only does he know the materials that were used, he even knows the names of the models. Whoa, this guy's mamish a bocky. That's a curator. Then you've got the janitor. Janitor doesn't know anything about the pictures. What does he do? He sweeps around and he looks at the pictures. He likes this one. He looks at that one. He likes that one. He doesn't like that one so much. You've got the janitor and you've got the curator. Now, if you want to go and find out, um, you want to know who's, who's got a more in-depth experience of the paintings, who would you choose? Who would you choose? The curator. One problem. One problem. More problem. The curator is blind. Welcome to our Judaism. We are called blind curators. We know all the information and we have none of the experience. That's why the Ramchal wrote in this show. Because when it comes to the knowledge about Judaism, here we go. All the Makaris. Beautiful. When it comes to the experience of what it means to feel this thing called Vraftlerkamoicha, what does that feel like? I don't know, what do you mean? The <laughs> fihu? With shitter. So the Ramchal says, knowing stuff, having it in your head, doesn't do anything for your behavior. I've written the Sefer to allow you to bridge the gap between intellectual knowledge and experiential knowledge. Through the process of learning information that you already know, you will be able to integrate something from being an idea to being a reality of self. And therefore, I don't need to teach you the message. You know the message already. But the message doesn't help you in your life. Because as much as you know it, you won't do it. Kafi she pirsumum rav. Kafi she roiv pirsumum keneged ma'asha mitosam glulakol. Kach ha'helem mehem ma'oid matsui v'ashik choraba. Doesn't help. So therefore, says Ramchal, I need to create a method. And this Sefer is not a book. It's an interactive medium of personal transformation. And therefore, when you pick up this new medium, you have to look at it, deal with it, process it in a radically different way to any other Sefer that you've ever learned. Because this is not about Seichel Bichlal. It's about integration. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slowly, 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 slowly. Slowly. Okay? Good. So, says the Ramchal, so what am I trying to do? How am I going to do it? Says the Ramchal, as a corollary. A corollary is a word that's spoken in English. Americans have a similar word that's called a corollary. Um, so, the Ramchal says, since the tachlis of the Sefer is not to teach you information, we've got the information, reading through the Sefer once won't do anything. So what do you have to do? So he says, But not Rebbe Shal's Chiddush. Not Rebbe Shal's Chiddush in the way the Ramchal says it already. 
says Ramchal, Chazor and Hasmada. Chazor means you do it many times. Hasmada means there's, it's consistent. There's no interruptions. Rabbi Shaul gives a marshal. It says like this. The tachlis of Musa is to take ideas where he calls it, we call it the conscious, and make them subconscious. He calls it the koiches ha-kehim and the koiches ha-meirim or the dunkala and the lichtika koiches. Whatever you want to call it, we have to take things from a conscious mode and make it unconscious. Because really, we're driven by unconscious. Our conscious is weak, our conscious is fallible, and our conscious doesn't really tell us where we're going in life. What Musa is, is building inside of ourselves a new unconscious reality that will drive us in the direction of Ratzon Hashem. And that's a big thing. So says the Ramchal, how's that going to work? Let's talk about a process of moving from conscious to subconscious. For example, learning how to read. Many of you have children, and perhaps you have children who can read. Has anyone got a child that can read? Either you're very young or your children are very stupid. <laughs> Maybe you've got a brother. If you've ever seen a child learning to read, if you've ever seen a child learning to read, it's a very arduous process. You teach them an aleph. You say, Ingela, what's that? He goes, I don't know. You say, that's an aleph. He goes, okay. You say, what's that? He goes, an aleph. And you say, what's that? He says, I don't know. You say, that's a base. He goes, that's a base. And then you point to the first ace and you say, what's that? He says, a base. No, no, that's an aleph. He says, oh, okay, I got it. He says, what's that? He goes, a base. And like this goes on for hours and hours. And eventually, over the course of an extended period of time, children learn how to read. And when they learn how to read, and they want to read the word Abba, they read A-B-A. Why? Because it's a conscious process. So they look at the aleph and they have to think of themselves. Okay, diagonal line, two sides, and then a base, and there's a dogesh, and then there's a comet. Okay, Abba. That's a conscious process. It takes a very long time. Now, when we read, I'm hoping, I'm not going to ask people to raise their hands because so that didn't work. Um, when we read, I don't think we read that way. I think we read Abba. What happened? What happened was the process of reading moved from conscious, which is very slow, very sluggish, to unconscious, which is extremely quick and efficient. How did that process occur? Says Israel, it was through Chazorah and Asmada that you taught the kid, this is an Aleph, and then you taught him again, this is Aleph, and then you taught him again, this is an Aleph, and then you taught him again, this Aleph. And you made sure that between those lessons, there wasn't time that the impression of lesson one wasn't lost. One second. So in other words, it follows. Over the course of time, he becomes to realize on a subconscious level an Aleph, and he doesn't have to think about it. He just knows it. He doesn't have to think about it. When we read, we don't think, we know. Says the way you'll get portrayals from Musa is a chazor and If you want to change your inner being, you have to do it again and 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 again. And you have to make sure that the periods of time between those sessions aren't long enough that the impression of session one isn't lost by session two. And then he says, if you do that, what's going to happen? If you do that... The nature of a person is you will not remember these. If you do this, you revert reverse human nature. And then you'll become conscious of where you are. Otherwise, you will not. So, I didn't achieve, in terms of material, a quarter of what I hope to today. Uh, and it looks like we are steadily running out of time. But let's put it the first way. Musa has got nothing to do with fire and brimstone. In fact, that kind of approach to Musa is not only counter-Musa, it's actually destructive for moving forward. And that's why, really, most people completely, completely destroy the process of Elul and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur because they try so hard. Because they try so hard and they don't look at the mechanism of how change occurs and how to work with myself, so they are guaranteeing themselves that post-Yom Kippur they will have nothing left from the entire Elul. Because knowing how to adjust this machine called me is a very complex process. It requires sophistication. Comes along Musa and offers us the opportunity to affect that change in a way which is actually real, lasting, and makes sense. But in order to do that, it requires a sophistication of learning. That's why the Ramchal begins by saying, don't look at a Musa book as a book. It's not a book. It's an interactive medium of change. But then you have to know how to use it. Don't think by reading it's going to help. 
You can read it through and you've learned it and you remember all the information. It's not going to do anything for you. You have to engage in this process of integration and we're going to have to speak more about that under the How Do I Learn Musa. Um, but now what we at least covered what is what a little bit. Uh, there's a lot more to be said about this, but a little bit about what is Musa. Are there any questions? Go for it. What were the mashgiach screaming or were they not? So, I, I can't take a Christ for every single mashgiach, and I do think there's a spectrum, but I definitely think there are a lot of people out there who are very well-meaning and well-intentioned, and it could be according to their tchunas nefesh. They are already at a place where his oiris works for them, and those are generally the people that find jobs as mashgiachim, and therefore they try to like do what works for themselves and make that a... Um, kind of flesh, flash it out onto everyone else. Um, but I think very, very often, I mean, I think people can testify that it didn't do anything for anyone. Whereas when I have heard real Bailemus speak, that's not the intonation, that's not the way they do it. They speak from a much, much, much deeper place. There's sophistication, there's understanding, there's in- interacting with this person who is ridiculously real called me. Whereas many times the mashkichim speak to a person who you want to be, but you're not. So what does it help? Who's to say who's the real Bamusar? I mean, there are different. I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know who the real Bamusar If you follow the chain from Israel down today and you read what Israel says and you read what, what the Alt of Council said and you read what Rucham did and you see what Ravalbi did and you evaluate what things they are talking about and how they're talking about them, you'll see that this is what they're doing. Hundred percent. I'm thinking this is a chain. This is this is Musa, right? I don't know if there's Navadok, Navadok, even Navadok, right? Even Navadok, which Lemaise is extinct, right? Even even Navadok was he was a Talmud of Israel, so he took a different gun, but it's very similar. Even tells, which is a different, gun, but it's also like it's all under that umbrella, right? If they, if they, maybe the you're right. Maybe there's kind of like the the the, lay, the line of like maybe the the, the there are kinds of um, the more things like the the svadi kaboladika musasvarim like shevet musa. There are there are different things, right? There are. I'm not saying they're not. There are. It's a, that's like a different. That's a different thing. That's not what I'm talking about. It could be that's great and gavaldic, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about from Yisrael onwards. <laughs> Understanding how Chazor and Asmala, the whole problem that we said was that we have all the knowledge, but we're lacking the integration and emotional level. Yeah. Repeating the knowledge just makes you know the knowledge better, and you remember it. It's, a, it's to answer the problem of Shikha. Great, great Kasha, great, great Kasha. How do I do Musa? The Chazor and Asmala is got nothing to do with retention. It's not that if I go over it, hey? He said that. He said that to make sure that you don't forget those things. If you, if you, he says that. Okay. Kizachru loy hadorin. First of all, the word zikorin, word zikorin, doesn't mean remember. Doesn't mean remember. The way the word remember in English means something occurred to me and I can recall it in my head. So if you look up, if you think if, with that definition and you think about, you know, like zikorin is like you have to remember Harsina. It happened to you. <laughs> Zikorin means that you erase a consciousness of the idea. The idea is conscious, not that you can remember it. Remember is a completely different thing to Zikorin. Zikorin is the ability to be conscious of. So when the Ramchal says, it means things which are generally beneath the surface of your conscious mind will become conscious. V'yasim al liboy, and you will become aware. Yasim, sim you will become aware of what you're meant to be doing in this world. It's not, it's not a vote of remembering because I would have forgot it. It's a vote of consciousness. I just want to, I want to contrast this to, to the appearance of the Rambam's Mahala of repeating to change meaning, repeating actual experiential life. That is a great point. In other words, the whole Bale Musa, Rabbi Shal's Mahalach, Bale Musa, was completely meditative and cognitive. It wasn't behavioral. The Ramchal speaks about behavior, the, the Rambam speaks about behavioral change. 
that the repetition of an action multiple times will create it. And that's, that's a big, big, big tumult. In other words, and they did it like with the Amoratim. Like, just like the Ramchal says in, in Zrizos, he also says in Anova that if you do the Chitoyans first, you'll destroy yourself and you become a Tzavua. So it depends which middle, which thing works for it. More complicated. Exactly. Where, how does it work? Do actions change cognizance? Does cognizance change actions? You know, if you look at the, let's say, the Chassid Shatraim, look at the Tanya of... Uh, if you look at the Tanya of Israel, you'll see incredible parallels about does it trickle down from Chochmah bin Adas to Midas? Or does it start with Midas and become Chochmah bin Adas? And then there's a lot, enormous amounts... Yeah, not even scratching. You know when you get this, you get your phone, the, the Oslo smartphone, and then you put the Oslo cover on the Oslo smartphone, and that cover comes in like a plastic bag. We're not scratching the cover of the plastic bag. I can only do it myself. I mean, I've said the words, but after that, I'm going to get about thousands of times. Thousands of times. Does that mean on a deep subconscious level I really love Hashem? No, because you see, even though it's the Avos Hashem, your Avos Hashem, it doesn't, I'm not yours, mine, I've also said thousands of times, it doesn't trump my Avos Hatsmi. Correct. So we have to understand that it's not Chazor as modern meat doesn't mean just saying it many, many times. There's something else to saying it many, many times. It's not just saying it many, many times. It's not just trying to retain. There's something else. When we speak about how you learn Muslim, we'll speak about that. Yes. Yeah. Great. The second question, which is really about that's also interesting correct interesting how how Hasidus has become much bigger in, in, in the not, not Hasidic world and how Brezhnev has become generally much more powerful not only in the from world, but beyond the yeah, these are all. I haven't thought about it. I don't know. Think about it. Okay, so so first of all, we have to figure out how to learn Musa, and then we'll figure out. Okay, so when you like, for example, it's easy to understand our personal transformation with it. It's easy to understand our accountability with it. It's easy to understand our purpose finding with it. But we'll go into details exactly how those things pan out. Yoel. Learning how we work, and the second thing with this whole personal transformation—that's like we already we know how we work. We know that we change by repeating. So let's go ahead and repeat it. Well, don't yeah. What, what forget? Don't conclude what the repeating is, right? But we know we know. Step number one is we know how we work. Step number two: this is how you change the thing that works that way. So Correct. Two, two two different stages sequentially. A know who you are. B know how to change yourself. So the Chazor the, the, the mother is how to change it. And the premise to that is you know what you are. So, so you want to answer, when someone says what is most, you wouldn't say it's human psychology. It's what is human psychology plus going ahead and changing. Okay, I mean, I think a lot of psychology is how to make people who are dysfunctional functional. I mean, the, the goal of psychology is not just to understand people, it's for to Ellis. So that when a person like, freaks out when he gets a test in front of him, you learn how to cope with it. If he's not having problems in his marriage, you need... Psychology is knowing how the person works in order to fix it. Any, any, any other questions? Okay, so, so, yeah. Do students have to do this on their own, or the, the, the repeat does it, or the rub does it? Great question. In other words, what do you do? Is this a, is this, is this a share of or is this like a task that you set them? Great, so we, we need more information. Okay. Do you explicitly tell students these six points, like we're going to address these things? you just kind of... Hopefully you're hitting, hitting the mark. Yeah, pr- probably it's, it's probably not, not, not a good idea to tell them because uh, then it becomes, you know, maybe too, too overt. It's probably much better that you just say these things and they feel that, oh, wow, this is really, this, is, this speaks to me. Um, okay. I, th- I think I've got like about minus three minutes left, so the chance okay. of me teaching anything this week are relatively slim. Um, okay. <coughs> Hopefully, hopefully next week. Now, now another thing which is completely not anything to do with JK or anything. This is just something that I'm going to uh, put out to you if anyone is interested. What I found is that 
Dafka learning Musa and becoming in touch with who you are as a person and the mechanics of change and the dynamics of how I work as a human being inside myself. Um, Dafka that serves as one of the greatest um, skills that a person needs to work with people when in Kirov. The biggest problem in Kirov is when you just have no clue what the person on the other side of the table is doing and how you relate to him and how you connect to him. The more you understand about yourself, the more vulnerability you have about your own issues, and the more you're, you're transparent, the better chance you have of getting to another person, specifically when shared to them own, your own personal mini-transformations, you can, it's contagious. If you yourself are not a moving, dynamic, changing person, the chances of you being able to do that to anyone else are relatively slim. That's, my, that's not only like a slur, that's what I've seen from people who work with people. So therefore, one of the easiest ways of getting into this program is what's called a musavad. A musavad is when you have a group of people that um, set themselves a weekly takana. Not that they keep the takana beyond that. I mean, there's a lot more to say about what an actual musavad is. But essentially, it's a group of people that ex- exercise different koiches and nefesh and then come together once a week share their experiences, and in the process of them sharing their experiences, each person gets a deep insight, not only to himself, but usually to the topic. And it works in the following way. Since all of us are so ridiculously different, if I give it a corner, le marshal, on a korosotoyv, and one of the nukuris of korosotoyv is understanding that without the cooperation of other people in my life, I'm essentially powerless. If I wouldn't have people that built, I wouldn't have a building. If I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have my uh, parents who gave me support, I wouldn't be able to be here. If I wouldn't have the bus driver that drove the bus, or the so everything I have, I see actually I pay a minuscule part in it. The more I realize it, the more it brings out Christ the toy. So the takana would be theoretically to say to a person, "Thank you. I couldn't have done it, done that without you." And then to be conscious of how you felt. So let's say you said there's a takana, and you come back a week later, and people say, and one guy will say, "Do you know what?" When I said those words, I actually felt like I was going to run away. I was so scared to say those words because it made me feel powerless. And someone else would say, oh, I just loved saying those words. It made me feel so liberated. And in the course of the discussion, everyone gets inside himself. So that's called a musavad. What I would like to start, because I think it's a big terrorist, and it's going to do with JK, and it's going to do with money or anything like that. It's just stum, something which is very valuable. And that is, I would like to start a musavad, dafka for people who are going to be involved in Kirov. Um, the, the, the maximum amount of people would be 10 people and it would be a once a week meeting of an hour probably 10 o'clock at night some night a week and in the course of that vibe the hope would be for us to work through sugyas in Musa simultaneously seeing different levels and levels and levels of self empowering us to be able to deal with ourselves better and therefore by implication deal with other people so if there's anyone that's interested in that um, please approach me and give me your name and contact numbers. Otherwise, have a great Shabbos and thank you for your patience. Okay? Email. Okay. For the call of for a missile, I read Berkowitz once started a missile. Right. So it's not a good Every day, let's, instead of just reading the social charm, let's do what he actually says. On Sunday, everybody just sit quietly and think about it. Break up the day and time. From the time I leave the house to the time I come to the airport, what does the Torah want from me? What's the good thing? I said on Monday, let's look back on Sunday and see, did I do? 